Isaiah 52, um, we're going to read just a moment, is, is, um, it, 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 it's a beautiful scripture. It, it, there, there's a sense of poetry involved with it, but, but, but there, there are some profound words that, that, again, are repeated in the New Testament. And, and I want to look at those, those words this morning, what, what they say to us, they're candid words. We, we've been asking the last three weeks the question, what, what will it take? And, and with that, we've, we've asked the first question, that what will it take? In the negative, the first week, what will it take for you to turn your back on Jesus Christ? You, you don't really get that question every day, do you? What, what will it take for you to turn your back on Jesus Christ? And, and the reason we ask that question is because Jesus had some hard sayings when, when he was speaking to his followers, his disciples, and, and, and they, they said, you know, can we really handle these words that Jesus is saying? I mean, and, and it came to the point that the Bible says that, that many left him, many turned away from following him. And, and, and Jesus said, are, are you going to leave me too? And, and, and so are there some things in our lives we need to ask that it, it would take for us to turn our back on Jesus Christ? I mean, like major sickness, uh, didn't didn't get what you thought God wanted for you. Um, somebody who just just didn't live the Christ like life, who who you really counted on. What's going to take for you to turn your back on Christ? We don't really ask that question, but it, but it is an important question to ask so, so that we can deal with those things when they come, because they probably will come. The second week, we asked the question in, in the positive, what will it take to, to be a disciple or to be a follower of Jesus Christ? And, and we talked about discipleship, about about counting the cost of considering the things, the elements in our lives that, that enable us to be able to to follow through, through on this discipleship and follow him. And no, 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 no matter what we, we sang that song. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And there is no turning back. No turning back. Uh, Though though the world uh, doesn't come with me, still I will follow. Still I will follow. No, No turning back. And and so so the question today is, is is another one. What will it take to win them? What will it take? To win those who do not know Jesus Christ. Big question. Important question. Because I know, we know, there are thousands, millions, who don't know Jesus Christ. What will it take? To win them. The scripture from Isaiah 52. Could we stand together for the reading of God's word? Awake, awake, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor, O Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust. Rise up, sit enthroned, O Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For this is what the Lord says. You were sold for 
nothing and without money, you will be redeemed. For this is what the sovereign Lord says that my first, my people went down to Egypt to live. Lately, Assyria has oppressed them. And now what do I have here, declares the Lord, for my people have been taken away for nothing. And those who rule them, they mock, declares the Lord. And all day long, my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. How beautiful. On the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, you, your watchmen lift up their voices together, they shout For joy, when the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see. All the ends of the earth will see. The salvation of our God. This is his word. It's alive. It's a well. It's a double edged sword. And it speaks to our heart today. May it accomplish its purpose. Amen. Maybe seated. Uh, you, you You ever thought about that? You know, we know, we all know that there are lost, lost people all over the place. You ever ask that question? When you see someone, is this person lost or found? So what will it take to win them? What will it take to to win them to this Jesus we know? I, I, I folks, I, I just assume, I believe naturally that we are here this morning because we we know Him, or if we don't know Him. We are in a search to know Him. We either know Him or we are in the seeking mode of getting to know Him and and to know what it is to walk with Jesus Christ. So the question is, if as we look at this scripture, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. I, I, I want to ask the question, What will it take to win them? What will it take? Are are you with me this morning? We're we're a little quiet. 
I, I don't know if, if it's you've just gone around the circles of color drive here, just gone around and around and you're really tired today. But I tell you this, folks, this morning, I am passionate about preaching this sermon. Satan has been knocking me down, hitting me all week. And I believe God wants me to preach this sermon. We need to listen. What will it take to win them? The, the, the first thing is this. If you are going to share good news, you have to have good news. <laughs> it's like this. To win someone, you've got to be one. It is next to impossible to share something with someone that you don't got. If you're going to give oil in someone's lamp that is burning empty, you've got to have oil. And we sing that song, Give me oil in my lamp, Lord. Keep me burning. If, if you're going to be able to give oil to someone who doesn't have oil, you've you got to have the oil. If, if, if you're going to win them, you've got to be one. The good news is that when you got good news, you share it. <laughs> you with me? You see, I, 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 I'm one... Who, who quickly becomes aware of someone who got good news. I, I mean, I, I, heard, I heard it out in the foyer this morning. I, I won't give it away. Who said it? But I heard it from a distance. They, they were smiling all over. You know those people who smile over? Woo! I mean, and you just see them and they're going around and, and you just you say, what's going on? You, something's happened. Something's going on. Huh? Well, well, this person, they had gotten a big buck. Okay? And, and they got a big buck and they wanted to, to share that good news. It, it, it was something, they, they got the good news and they, they were going to give some good sharing of that. And so, so if, if, if you don't got the good news of Jesus Christ in your life this morning, if you haven't met personally with Jesus, it's going to be pretty hard to share good news. The gospel is good news. And, and the gospel gives us good news to share. And this morning, if you don't got the good news in your life, would you accept the Christ who gives you good news to come into your heart? Come into your soul, come into your being, accept him into your life, accept his forgiveness for your sins. Start a new journey, get a new direction, start experiencing the good news. Folks, there's good news in spite of the bad news in this world today. Jesus is good news and you got something to share. <laughs> I'm getting a little fired up this morning. Folks, good news is that we, at one time, were lost. We were wretches. We were far from God. We were living in sin. We didn't have a hope. We didn't have anything. We're headed to hell. 
And God gave us good news in Jesus Christ. We changed and went a new direction. That is good news. If you don't got good news this morning in your life, it's going to be hard to share it. And if you don't got good news in your life this morning, ask the God of good news to come into your life with that good news to change everything. The old will go. The new will come. It will be a new beginning for Jesus Christ. Oh, you're going to win them. You got to be one. The second thing is this. Example precedes testimony. If, if, if we have good news in our lives, we're going to live it out. There is not a disparity or a differentiation between the good news and the lives we live out. Some have heard the good news and been excited about the good news, but the good news has not done a transformation work in their lives. The, the good news is, is lived out by, by an example. You see, lifestyle, how I live as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, is going to testify, is going to speak louder than any preaching I will ever preach. And if there is a moment in my life where the message that I preach from this pulpit or somewhere else does not coincide with what I live my 24-7 out, that example is going to have a huge, huge forbearance or a huge influence on, on the good news. Example. Example precedes the good news. Has spoken. E. Stanley Jones, missionary to India, once said to Mahatma Gandhi, I am very anxious to see Christianity nationalized in India. So it will no longer be a foreign thing identified with a foreign people and a foreign government but a part of the national life of India, contributing its power to India's uplift and redemption. Gandhi, what would you suggest we do to make that possible? Gandhi, uh, of course, not a Christian, but one who had been around Christians, particularly when he lived in South Africa, said, uh, First, I would suggest that all of you Christians must begin to live more like Jesus Christ. Second, I would suggest that you practice your religion without adulterating or toning it down or watering it down. Third, I would suggest that you put your emphasis on Christ's love 
For love is the center and the soul of Christianity. Gandhi never became a Christian. Gandhi never became a follower of Jesus Christ. His excuse, he said, was, I find that all too many who profess Christ do not live like Christ. Example of good news precedes the testimony. Folks, if we're here this morning and you say, oh my. My example of good news is really held in question. I I haven't lived that lifestyle. I I haven't lived that Christ-like life out. And so, you got me there. I I, I believe in Jesus Christ. I've asked Him to come and forgive me of my sins, but but my, my life, my example, is not what it should be. Well, I have good news for you, of course. Peter, the disciple, the floundering uh, disciple, uh, he often did not live up to the good news in his life. Peter denied Christ three different times. Even his language betrayed him as a follower of Jesus Christ. And and Peter went back to fishing. But the good news is God changed his example into that which God had called him to be and to live. Because we have a 70 times 7 forgiving God who forgives indefinitely. And this morning, if you're saying, I'm out on this because my example hasn't been what it could be or needs to be, I want you to say to God this morning, help me, God, because I, I want to be transformed from the inside out. I want to be changed so that I can live this good news out in life. The, the third thing is this. It, it, it is something if you are going to win them, you've got to be won. The second thing is that if you um, are going to live this good news out, it, it's got to be a, an example of him. But, but the third thing is this. You've got to have passion. Amen. Because you see, the, the feet here are not standing still. They're moving. You've you got to have passion. Now, 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 passion does not necessarily mean that you're going to be uh, really loud. I'm, I'm kind of loud sometimes, okay? 
But 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 passion means that you you have an urgency. You're 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 avid. You have a, a zeal. You have a, a fervency to share this good news. Um, you, you, the, the, this thing called passion goes along with this word fanatic, fanatical. Now, now, maybe you don't like that word fanatical. Oh, he he is a real fanatic. <laughs> he is off the wall. He's fanatical. Let me just say this today. I think there are a lot of fanatics in this place this morning. Amen. Because um, there's this bird, this this red bird. Yeah. A red bird. And and this red bird, he he's doing real well at swinging the bat. He's on a roll. Folks, I'm watching you. I'm listening. I, I, I know that there are some fans of the cards. And, and you haven't kept quiet. You, you let it slip out that you're excited about your team. Is that right? There is a passion for, for them to win. I, I tell you, there, there are some, some hunters in this place. You, you, you like your... You're deer hunting or you're coon hunting or you, you like your, your squirrel hunting, you like your, your rabbit hunting or, or your fisherman, you like your fish hunting. Okay? There, there's some passion there. When I think about passion, I think about a coon dog. And I tell you, you that, that coon dog gets the scent of a coon. And he gets a running, and and if you don't if you don't watch it if you don't have that dog trained well that fanatical coon dog is going to go after that coon into places you never want him to go he's going to come out with all kinds of burrs and he's going to I mean you you might not have really a coon dog left but he is a fan of those coons he has a passion to get them and folks the people of God. Oh God, I pray He puts a passion, He puts a burden, He puts a hurting, He puts an urgency for us to look at people as souls that need Jesus Christ, that need to go to heaven, that don't go to hell, that don't get messed up and blown up and screwed around with the things of this world, but they know Jesus Christ. We need a passion, an urgency. I want you to think about it this morning. There's a 14-year-old in your neighborhood, and that 14-year-old has an incurable disease. That means that that 14-year-old has no hope at all. Because if it's incurable, it's not curable. You, you just can't do anything about it. 
And, and so that 14 year old is is going to die. It, 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 there, there is no hope for that 14 year old. And you, you kind of get that 14 year old in your mind maybe this morning. There's there's someone in your neighborhood who who has something going on in their lives. It's incurable. But there's just one. Just one. And you're the one who has a cure for that 14 year old. You're going to hold off. You're going to wait around. You're going to wait for the right time. You let that 14 year old die. You see, every one who lives in our neighborhood, who lives in our lives, who lives in the circle of our influence, have an incurable disease called sin that will send them to hell that Satan wants to destroy them with. And if we don't share the gospel, if we don't have a passion for the incurable disease of our world, they're going to go there. God, give me a burden for the lost. Can't imagine a moment that I have the cure for the incurable and I don't give it. I need that passion. And so, to have that passion, we have a need to pray. To pray as we perhaps never have prayed before for the people in our lives who, who, who need Jesus Christ. Your time and energy is, is, is used in so many ways, but, but would you take your time and your energy and what you got within you to pray for those who are lost? And, and perhaps this morning you, you found a little thing in your, your worship folder called Strive for Five. In, in your life, would you ask God to speak to you about five people in your neighborhood or five people in your life or five people that are near you that you hang out with. They don't know Jesus Christ and you will begin to pray for them. Would you list their names? One, two, three, four, five. And you begin to pray. God. Please. Open the door for these five to come to know you personally, as Savior, as friend, as Lord. And here's five ways how to pray. Pray for their needs. Become aware of their needs. Be aware of what's happening in their lives and begin to pray for their needs. Perhaps you'll be able to say to them, you know, I, I realize this is going on in your life. I've been praying for that. I believe God is going to, going to answer prayer for you in that way. And, and because you've been praying for their, them, they're going to realize that, that you care for them. Fred's not here. And so I'll get away with it. A few weeks back, he told me there was a man who he had to meet with and he was 
having to wait a long time for this man. And Fred was feeling a little frustrated himself. I wouldn't want to know how it is when Fred gets frustrated. But I'll tell you, he said he was feeling a little frustrated having waited for a while on this man. And this meeting, he said he had to wait a long time. And, and, and the guy, when he finally came, he stayed on his cell phone the whole time. And he just didn't really pay any attention to Fred. And finally, Fred, he said, you know what? I, I was feeling a little bit irritated. He said, instead of being irritated, I asked God to help me. He said, I talked to that man and he said, what's, what's going on in your life? And the man explained all the problems that were going on. We won't go into detail there. Immediately, Fred said, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? And the man allowed Fred to pray for him. A few minutes later, the, the man came back to, to Fred and began to talk with him. And he said, you know, a few years back, I was following Jesus. And I've been away from God for a while. But maybe I need to get back to him. While he was still talking to him, the man received a phone call. Answer on the other end was with some information, new news. The man said, what you just prayed for has been answered in 15 minutes. You pray for their needs. God, God will take care of their needs. You pray for their needs. Pray for an open mind, an open heart, so that they might be able to receive good news. Pray for conviction. Conviction means that you, they will be convinced that they have a need of forgiveness of their sins and a need of Jesus Christ in their lives. And the fourth thing is this. Pray for an opportunity. An opportunity to either share this good news gospel of Jesus Christ, an opportunity to invite them to a place or, or a people where the gospel will be presented, or pray for an opportunity that perhaps someone else will be able to share. If, if, if you just really don't see yourself as a person sharing, but sometimes God will ask you to do what you think you can't do, and he'll enable you to do it because you said, okay, God, here I am. Use me. To pray. How can I win them? We've got to have feet. It doesn't mean you have to do this. But it does mean that you've got to deal with people and talk to people you may not like to talk to or speak to. It means that you may go into places that you're uncomfortable with. You might, might not like this, Nazarene preacher saying this, but I'll tell you, there, there have been those who, who have a heart for really lost people, and they're going into the bars, and they're starting conversations, and they're leading the people to Jesus Christ right in the bars where they're at, and their lives are being transformed. You've got to go 
where Jesus calls you to go. I'm not telling you to go to the bars. I'm saying if God wants you to go to a bar or to a place that you need to be to share the gospel, you need to be there. He did not call us to be comfortable. He called us to comfort the ones who need his comfort. The last thing, and I think it's the last thing, is this. You need to have a basic plan. Have a basic plan. Simply is this, speak speak the language of Jesus. Speak their language. Listen to where they're at so you can can speak it to them. I mean, we, we, we pray for the need. We pray for open eyes. We, we pray for conviction. We pray for the opportunity. But I, I want to give you a plan. It's a four-part plan. And, and we'll close with this. It's called the POBE plan. Have you heard that one before? POBE? It, it's, it's a new plan. But, but it has a lot of the old ideas. The, the, the idea is this. POBE. P-O-B-E. I. It, it's also found on the back of, of this little bookmark. Um, POBE just, just stands for this. P. Plan. God has a plan for everyone's life. God has a plan for, for all of us. His plan is a plan of, of good, not of evil. His plan is to give us a future and a hope. God's plan is for for good relationships. God's plan is for reconciliation. God's plan is for restoration. God's plan is for healing from brokenness. God's plan is for heaven. God has a plan for everyone. He has it for us. The, The problem is, oh, there's a big obstacle There's an obstacle. That that obstacle is called sin. Sin still is in the Bible. Sin still is in our world. Sin means that that we have done, we have experienced life or we have done wrong. We have not followed the plan of God. And there is an obstacle. We're not going to get anywhere in fulfilling the plan of God in our lives because of this obstacle called sin. And the Bible says it clearly from Romans chapter 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We, we've all blown it. We've all sinned. We've all come short. And that is the obstacle for God to fulfill His plan in our lives. Plan, but there's an obstacle. O. B. Bridge. you got an obstacle in your path, you need to get around it, above it, overcome it. And Jesus Christ is the bridge for God to fulfill his plan in all of our lives, to, to get over the sin hump, to get through the sin, to overcome sin. Jesus Christ is the bridge to heaven. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There is no other plan, no other way except through Jesus Christ. No other way to the Father except through Christ. It is a narrow way, but He is the perfect bridge. 
And the fourth thing is this invitation. You can have a plan and can know about the obstacle and you can have all the understanding in the world that Jesus Christ is the bridge, but you accept the invitation that he has given to you to inherit eternal life, but to fulfill the plan that God has for all of us. I want to ask you, have you accepted the invitation to follow Jesus Christ? Are you sharing that invitation with others to follow and accept Jesus Christ? Behold, I stand, Jesus says, I stand at that door and I'm knocking. I'm willing to almost knock it down. But he said, I won't open that door. You have to open it to me. For me to have fellowship with you, to have communion with you, to have unity with you. Will you accept the invitation? Poby. Plan. Obstacle. Bridge. Invitation. Have you accepted the invitation to follow Jesus Christ? Would you accept the invitation to invite someone else to follow Jesus Christ? Uh, Paul said it like this. I do whatever it takes to win them. To the Jews, I become a Jew. To the Greek, I become a Greek. To the weak, I become weak. To the strong, I become strong. I will become whatever I need to become for the sake of the kingdom, for the gospel that they might be one to Jesus Christ. This morning, we're going to sing a song that's Simple song, it's a chorus. It says, Lord, lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. Love that somebody through me. And may I always do my part to win that soul or that somebody for thee. I'm not into guilt trips. Hate it. I do need to ask a question. The reality question. When, when was the last time you, you took the time to lead Or try to win someone to Jesus Christ. That helps us know where our passion level really is. It's kind of in my job description, isn't it? The reality is, His job description for all of us is to win them. Because that which is lost, he says he will do everything to get them found. When was the last time that you sought to win someone to Jesus Christ? You can't win anyone. He will. 
But when was the last time you sought to win them? And and if you need this morning a reignited passion for souls, today's your day. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing, Satan's not going away. He's not going to say it's it's all done. He'll do everything he can to take everyone down that he can. And we have a call to win them. You try to change politics, you try to change laws, people aren't one. Things aren't really going to change in our world. You win them. He wins them. Our world changes. Lives are transformed. Could we sing that song this morning and stand together as we we sing it? I think it's number 704 in the hymnals. You need to follow the hymnal. But it it just may be this morning. you, You need that fire. That passion reignited again. Folks, I am sick and tired of Satan messing up lives and destroying families and bringing this world down. Jesus is the only hope we got. If your hope's somewhere else, folks, would you rethink? Reorganize, refocus. Lord, friends, your family. I can't imagine looking, looked into some of your faces and some of your eyes. Had coffee together. Ate meals together.
to think that there would have been a moment in my life that if I could have shared with Jesus Christ with you and I didn't, then I have responsibility. I really don't know what it will take for for us to have that passion at times. I can only pray that God puts that passion within. It's alive. And it's real. Because frankly, sometimes I wish I didn't have that passion. I feel like it's going to kill me. Okay? The burden for lost people or those who have turned their back on Jesus. It just, it hurts. I can't imagine not going to be with Jesus someday. Would you ask God that passion in your heart. And would you ask God to forgive us as a church, as a people, for the times we become comfortable comfortable with just the way things are. Oh God, move us from where we are to all the places you want us to be. Would you share Jesus with someone this week? Would you share as a mandate, as a calling, an urgency, a burdening, a fire to share Jesus Christ with someone this week. Above and beyond the colors and the nice weather, the beautiful days. Would you share Jesus? someone this week. Lord, lay someone on my soul today. May I love that soul for you. And may I always do my part to win that somebody for thee. Father, we We want to say thank you for this day and the significance of your spirit in our lives. We thank you for the good feet of Jesus who came to this world so that we could know you. And those good feet got to someone else and those good feet got to us. So there came a time in our lives when Jesus became real a friend, a savior, a king, 
the Lord. And Lord, as we, we make our way out into this place in which we live, we, we realize that uh, it is not easy to go out there. But we go with you. And we go in the power, the strength of Jesus Christ. I pray for those that have come again this morning to say, God, renew that fire in me, that passion. We don't want anyone, anyone, Lord, to be lost. We pray these things in Jesus' name.